so sincerely from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all, many of our Marian family who pray when we have a need and know that we pray for you. You know, Sandy, my cousin Sandy, she was married to a gentleman named Mike, and um, Mike suffered um, not long ago, um, greatly shared the cross of Christ, and he died. And Mary, her sister, my other cousin, was telling me how Sandy had just found her soulmate. Mike, her husband, was her soulmate. And so what a beautiful connection because Sandy saw the depth of what marriage is. Now Sandy's going through, they had to give her 20 units of blood. They had to flush all of her blood out of her body and put in transfusion blood. And you could just see if Mike was there, which I know he is, I believe in heaven, that that's what a spouse does. Spouse is there. A spouse is with you, even if he has passed on. So what is this meaning then, uh, marriage and divorce? Okay, the first thing we got to do is start with God created man in his own image, male and female. It's quoted right here. That goes back to Genesis 1, 27, first chapter of the Bible. Now, it says the two will become one flesh. Notice Jesus says male and female, not X, Y, Z, or 26 others. Two. Two genders, not more. You know, I, somebody told me the other day, this is how crazy we've become in our society, that now archaeology, archaeology, they're saying, when we find fossilized bones, you know, they tell us a lot about a culture, right? They tell us about how they lived, their social interactions. We're no longer, the, the movement now is to no longer allow archaeologists to say if the bones were male or female because you didn't know the people and they may have identified as something else. Have we lost our collective minds? This is insanity, as you've heard me say. We're reaching new heights of insanity. This is unbelievable. God tells us right here, he tells us, marriage is a total commitment in love. What is the definition of love? Okay, love is willing the good of the other. It's not about me and how I feel, even though that feelings do play a factor, it's not predominant. You make an act of the will. I choose to love you through thick and thin, better or worse, for richer or poorer. Love is my willing your good in everything we do. It's a complete giving. The man has the role to give. The female receives. This even happens in the marital act. The man gives the seed. He, he, he gives and it, the female receives it and nurtures it and gives birth to it. And receiving that love, that seed... You know, marriage is sacred. This is, in fact, that's why contraception is wrong. Nobody understands the church teaching on contraception. It's wrong because now that life-giving seed is blocked. 
Nobody understands church teaching on why the priest has to be a man. It is not sexism. It is not chauvinistic. You've heard me say many times, a, a cloistered nun is a higher calling than a diocesan priest, but not in what he does by confecting the Eucharist, but in the way of life. The male is in persona Christi. He's in the place of Christ. And what did Christ do? He, he gave of himself. So the priest up here, the priest's job is to give of himself, to give his seed. What is the seed? His very being on that patent and that altar. He gives himself. He is representing Christ. Who's the groom? Christ. Who's the bride? The church. So the seed is given from the priest from that altar by the person of Christ. He's in persona Christi despite his sins, despite his wretchedness. But he gives that seed to who? The church. And then the church receives it. And the church in her womb, that's what we call it, mother church. We don't call it ZXZ church. We call it mother church. She takes that seed and she fosters it. She nurtures it and gives birth to what? Life. Now, I do not mean to offend anybody, but this is the only way I've been able to explain it thoroughly for people to understand that priest has to be male because he gives the seed that the female receives. If you have a, a, a woman priest, and I'm sorry, but this is just the fact of it, and the, it, it's a form of lesbianism. It's a form of lesbianism because you have the feminine can't give that life-giving seed to the feminine church. It would be the same if the church was the man. The, 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 the priest couldn't do that. The church is, that's why she is feminine. She receives the seed. Both are needed. There's not one greater or better or, or, or superior to the other. The priest is giving that seed to the church. The church receives it like the mother, like the feminine, the female. And she nurtures that and gives birth to it. And from it comes life has nothing to do with sexism, nothing to do with chauvinism. It's equal but different roles. A man cannot give that to another man, and a woman cannot give that to another woman. Yes, you can love each other, but not in the way that God created life to be regenerated. We've completely erased this from our psyche. We've, been, we've rewritten it to destroy the family and the church. Wow. You know, marriage is sacred because it is ele elevated now to the level of a sacrament. St. Paul tells us this in Ephesians 5. Marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman. Remember, a contract is between things, businesses. <clears throat> a, 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 a covenant, that's a contract. A covenant is between people. It establishes a partnership for life. Now, for baptized people, if two people are baptized, marriage is indissoluble. indissolvable. You can't, can't dissolve it. You can't dissolve it. And nobody can cancel that bond, not even the church. This is what people don't understand. Civil divorce, yes, affects the legality of marriage, right? But not the sacramental reality of marriage. When we say marriage in the Catholic Church, we're talking sacramental marriage. The church doesn't deny that a legal marriage doesn't exist. That's why your children are not illegitimate, even if an annulment is declared. 
If an annulment is declared, that does not make your children illegitimate. A legal marriage bond existed, but not sacramental. Right? The Bible is about this whole relationship between God and Israel. Did you hear what Brother Alex just read? He was describing the growth of what? A man? No, a woman. Talking about her physical appearances. Then she's ready. She gets into puberty. She's ready to receive. That was Israel. Israel was growing. God took her as a little infant. And then it talks about she grows up. She fosters. She develops. She's now sexually ready. That was the reading. That was the first reading if you were paying attention. That's God and Israel. Now, Israel has been given to the church. It's God and his church. This is the book of Revelation, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Scott Hahn does a great job on it. You've heard me say before, when you come up this aisle, you're making your wedding march. Who's at the, who in the Catholic wedding, who's waiting for you at the altar? The groom. Who are you, the bride? You come up this aisle, and who's waiting for you at the altar? Jesus, your groom. And then Jesus enters into you. It's consummated, just like the marriage. This is such a beautiful nuptial symbolism. The church talks about this all the time. This is amazing. You know, it's funny. When I went down, when I was discerning the priesthood 16 years ago, I went down to EWTN. Actually, it was 18 years ago. I went down to EWTN, and I really wanted to be an EWTN friar. That's where I thought God was calling me. Well, now I should rephrase that. That's where I wanted to be called. God was not calling me there. God was calling me here. I didn't know it yet. But I went down to EWTN. I wanted to be a friar. And Mother Angelica was still alive then. And I met with a man by the name of Brother David who ran the Knights of the, um, whole, uh, Knights of the uh, Most Holy Eucharist, I think it was. They, they were called the Knights. They, they were great. And he caught me off guard. And he said, so, if you ever had the desire to be married, now my mind as an engineer is going a million miles an hour. Uh-oh. If I say yes, which was the truth, I was engaged, really hard to break off the engagement. But if I say yes, he's going to say, well, then you're not called to the priesthood. Okay? But if I say no, he'll think, are you normal? So all this is going through my head, so I figure I just got to say the truth. Yes. I have had that huge desire to be married. And he looked at me and got this big grin and he says, good, because Mother Angelica will never accept a man who does not profess that he had the strongest desire to be married. That blew me away. I thought, well, you can't have the desire to be married, then you'll never be happy as a priest. Are you kidding me? I've never been more fulfilled in my whole life than I am as being a priest. And yet, I wanted to be married very badly. So God gives it in a greater way. Beautiful. Now, I always talk about taking you back to seminary, and, and when you go to seminary, one of the 
best people to read because in Catholic seminary, unlike any other in the world, we don't just study theology. Your first two years are philosophy, the study of man, how man thinks, epistemology, metaphysics, the being, existence of man. So I've been taking you back to seminary and in philosophy and then Catholic men in formation to the priesthood then take theology, but you first learn about man in philosophy and then God in theology. And in the philosophy, there is a name that every Catholic should know, Dietrich von Hildebrand and his wife, Alice. Now, he said that we should distinguish between the meaning of marriage. What is the meaning of marriage? What is the one single word meaning of marriage? Love, self-giving love. But he said we should distinguish that from its purpose. Its purpose. And its purpose is procreation, union, and to get your spouse to heaven. Those are the three objectives of marriage. So the purposes are unitive, procreative, and getting our spouse to heaven. Important. Why do we have this? All right. <clears throat> procreation. That's when the spouse conceives new life. They participate in God's creative power. Unitive. Makes the husband and wife one flesh, as Jesus just told us. That's like we're going to be, have union with God in heaven. It's a preparation for ultimate union with one being, God. Now, the other one to get your spouse to heaven, ultimately, that's ultimate love because love is willing the good of the other and you want to get them there. Now, there's no marriage in heaven though, Father. The Bible says it, Jesus says it. Why is there no marriage in heaven? Okay, one, those three objectives of marriage, procreative. Why is there no marriage in heaven? We don't need to procreate. There will be no death, no need to regenerate. Two, unitive. Why is there no marriage in heaven, though marriage is unitive? Because your perfect union is now going to be with God. With your spouse on earth was a preparation for that. And you will still have that union with your spouse. People are like, oh man, I wanted to get a break, Father. I wanted to get a break. No, it'll be purified. And then to get your spouse to heaven, well, they'll already be there if you did your job. So I finished with a quote from Alice von Hildebrand, the wife of Dietrich. Listen to this. This is amazing. From the work, The Meaning of Marriage. What was the meaning of marriage? I just said love. Here's what she said. In a relationship without sacred commitment, the slightest obstacle may be an excuse for separating or divorcing. Unfortunately, man, who is usually so eager to win a fight over others shows little or no desire to conquer himself. It is much easier for him to give up a relationship than to fight. I don't want this anymore. I'm out of here. Marriage calls each spouse to fight against oneself for the sake of his beloved. This is why it has become so unpopular today. People aren't willing to achieve the greatest of all victories, victory over oneself, surrendering one's will for the good of the other, the spouse. St. Paul illuminated the dignity of sacramental marriage in calling it a great mystery comparable to the love of Christ for his church. Groom, bride. Natural love 
That's what everybody tells us here on, on earth, what defines marriage. Oh, I love, I'm a man, I love this man, I want to marry him. Uh-uh. That's natural love. I, I have natural love. In comparison, so natural love pales in comparison to the beauty of a love rooted in Christ, a supernatural love. As a sacrament, marriage gives people the supernatural strength necessary to fight the good fight. Every victory achieved together over habit, routine, and boredom, any of you ever have that in a marriage? Cements the bonds existing between the spouses and makes their love produce new blossoms. Children. Natural marriage has a love that is earthly. That's at the justice of the peace. But sacramental marriage has love that is supernatural. That came right from my seminary notes. That's what I wanted to share with you. So an annulment in the Catholic world doesn't say that <clears throat> it wasn't simply say that there's no marriage legally. It says there's no sacramental marriage. And you want to be in a sacramental marriage. Well, Father, I'm already married. It's too late. No, get it convalidated. If two validly baptized people marry in any way without impediments, it is sacramental, even non-Catholics. If two baptized Lutheran and a Methodist get married, it's sacramental. It's valid. They would need an annulment to marry a Catholic. People don't understand. This kind of marriage cannot receive a divorce. God said, let no man separate what he has brought together. Now, real quick, what happens is an annulment is given to show that there was never a sacramental marriage in the first place. For instance, the person had no intent to be faithful. Secondly, uh, they, they were completely impotent, separate from sterile, different, um, forced, obligated. We only got married because I got pregnant, or she did. <laughs> so you, you, you have to understand there's impediments. An annulment shows that something needed was lacking at the time of marriage. It does not say it's not a Catholic divorce, all right? Or there was an impediment that meant that one or both of the persons should never have entered in to the relationship. But that does not mean, as I said, the children are illegitimate. Non-baptized persons who are later baptized, your marriage goes from natural to sacramental, from natural to supernatural. This is the power of marriage. This is the power of the family. This is the power of our faith. Please pray that society does not destroy itself. Because when society starts destroying and redefining marriage, it will implode. We read it right here. Praise be to God that our church still stands for this truth. And please pray for those priests and bishops that have also been affected by the culture and the misunderstanding and the deception of the evil one. Tragic. Let us forever stay in union with the truth. You are Marian helpers. And I, I made a comment the other day, and I'll finish with this. I said, the one thing I love about the Marian fathers is you will never hear a priest ever get up in this pulpit and teach that abortion is okay, 
It's the dignity of human life. Marriage can be redefined. Restripping of religious freedom for the sake of, of COVID or anything like that is okay. I said, in the Marian Fathers, you will never hear a priest get up and say abortion is okay, um, gay marriage is okay, anything like that. And then I finished by saying, now that I'm provincial superior, I can guarantee you will never hear a priest say that from the pulpit. Praise be to God that we have the truth. Now, keep doing what Father Kaz does, and that's what I'm striving to do. Make sure that that truth is always done in love. That's where I, I go to Father Cass. We have the truth, but we got to live it in love. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.